0: You zoom out from the, the bobbing head and you see it's a person, a female being, just chilling on this casket, shaking her leg like, la, 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 you know, kind of fun.
1: This is Craig Blackmore, and he's describing one of his digital artworks or NFTs called Visitors from Down Under.
0: And then you see the dead thing in front of it and somebody crawling trying to get away. Then I added the one running after, just because it was just, it's kind of comedic in a way. It's just like, oh, wait for me, you know.
1: The scene Craig is describing resembles a gif, but carries on for longer, about 23 seconds. Its caption reads, it seems like some kind of things have spawned from the underworld and are sucking the lives out of a lot of people.
0: With the pandemic and everything, you can't, skip around that, like it's on the news, it's on TV, it's on social media. You're seeing death all the time. So that piece was kind of like, yeah, how the pandemic's creeping up or how you're forced to deal with it.
1: Visitors from Down Under is just one of millions of NFTs promoted and sold on the Internet, and they're redefining the art world.
2: I have just sold my first piece of crypto art, and a lot of people are talking about how much money everyone's making. It and not-
1: sold for more than the original painting did from the exhibition, so
2: um, that, was, that was absolutely insane. I'm sure many of you are like, what the hell are NFTs and what's this crypto art thing all about? It's literally
0: which exactly in my entire newsfeed, it's like, NFTs, making millions with NFTs, what are NFTs? This person sold an NFT painting for $60 million and it's so much.
1: You're listening to Think Digital Futures. I'm Julia Karkatzel. Craig lives in Detroit, Michigan, and he says his best work is done in the early hours of the morning.
0: Because nobody's bothering me, nobody's calling me, nothing's open to do. So I can sit there, shut everything out and just create.
1: Visitors from Down Under is just one of his creations. Craig's other artwork includes a giant skull covered in crawling naked bodies, a reservoir of gold that if you bathe in improves both monetary wealth and wealth of knowledge, and even a cyborg catwalk.
0: So some of my NFTs are glitch portraits, some of them are 3D portraits, but for the most part, it's just my art. It's my alternative to Instagram.
1: Craig's digital artworks or NFTs are one of a kind. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Something fungible is something that can be exchanged, like money. Something non-fungible is unique. These digital pieces of art are sold on online marketplaces, and you can pay for them with a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Ethereum runs on its own blockchain network.
3: So it's not like we have probably the bank that we normally use, like, okay, I'm going to transfer this money Yeah. here to my friend or something like that, and you, the bank needs to validate that. Here, you don't have that central entity.
1: Jason Guerrero is a senior research consultant at the Institute for Sustainable Futures at UTS. Blockchain is designed to operate without a central authority, like a bank or regulator controlling who transacts. Jason says this decentralized model is appealing to many new businesses, designers or digital artists alike.
3: Yeah, I think this, this kind of decentralised system, what does is brings benefits to the end users and to the providers, that in this case could be the artist. So basically this allow everyone, you can say, like to develop a new idea or a new business, and you will have an automated system that will validate some transactions.
1: Blockchain stores data or transactions using sophisticated math and software rules that are extremely difficult to hack. So when using the Ethereum blockchain, artists are able to receive payment for their work in a secure way.
3: So at the end of the day, what you have is a, a transfer of money. So do, what you need or what do you want is that you have a, you want a secure system or you want probably because, yeah, we know that probably can hack you or can hack a centralized system or even the bank is, is very hard, but can happen. In, in these cases, you have the cryptocurrencies that is this uh, the money that you want to exchange and it's very hard actually to
0: you,
1: Craig says using blockchain has eased the process of selling artwork online.
0: As a digital artist, it's a way that I could finally lock in a value to an animation. I don't have to put it on a Blu-ray disc and sell the actual disc. I don't have to sell a downloadable file and say it's limited. I can let the blockchain do all that for me and manage it for me and give me my residuals for me and I can put all my collaborators into the smart contract so we all get our split pay automatically.
1: He says it enables the artist to sell their art without an intermediary like a gallery or art dealer.
0: Yeah, the traditional art world has so much gatekeeping, so many people who have to you know, make sure that you have these certain people in your circle, or you're capable of having your art in these certain situations. It's just, it's so much you have to go through before you can even get to the sales floor with your artwork. The way that this challenges the traditional industry is you have the ability to create your own galleries, your own auction houses, your own auctions, and sell you know, whatever piece you want without having to ask anyone permission.
1: Craig engages with the NFT community on his blog, where he shares tips and insights about the NFT world. One of his most recent blog posts is about how he sees the NFT world supporting musicians.
0: When the audio NFTs came out, And the automatic uh, royalty payment system started to be developed. Then it's like, okay, this is is something here. Because as a musician, it's hard to get all the money you earn from your music. It goes through so many hands. It gets cut so many times. It gets lost along the way. You know, you got lawsuits and things coming out of nowhere because someone thinks your melody sounds similar to their melody that the grandfather made or something you know like it's so many things happening in the music industry that take the little bit of money that musicians are making and an automated smart contract doing all of the distribution all of the transferring all of the cutting for you is huge and the fact that there's not a gatekeeper that's preventing a lot of people from entering it is even bigger. You know, anybody can an audio NFT and every time it resells, they'll get the money back.
1: An audio NFT can be an entire song instead of a few seconds laid on a GIF, closer to an entire MP3 file.
0: A lot of the audio behind my animations is just for that visual. It's just the score to that animation. The actual audio NFT I released was an entire song and the animated file that was on its cover was very short. It was just the cover. It was like a short looping gif that had the title of the song in it too.
1: On Art Marketplace Super Rare, artists can earn a 10% royalty each time a work changes hands in the
0: future. This is the clo- also the closest thing that resembles vinyl records digitally, in my opinion, because it's like vinyl records are limited press. They're a little bit more expensive. Sometimes they have bonus tracks, posters in it, art in it, booklets. And um, the digital file is just there. You know, it's whatever quality that it's uploaded or streaming in. It's only available when it's available. If it gets removed overnight, you just lost your song. But the uh, NFT allows it to be yours and exclusive to you or whoever purchases it. So I see the audio side of NFTs turning into something, huge.
1: (laughs) NFTs come in all shapes and forms, and they're selling for a lot of money online. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey sold his first ever tweet from 2006 as an NFT for over $2 million. One of Craig's artworks sold for 1.7 ether, which translates to about 6,000 Australian dollars.
0: Well, determining a price uh, has always been kind of tricky. And I typically charge anywhere from a few hundred to a couple thousand for some of that work. It depends on how detailed, how in-depth that work is. There it's an animation with a lot of uh, objects in it, a lot of cool textures something that took me all day or maybe multiple days or a week to make, then I charge my typical commission price, uh, which right now is about an Ethereum and a half for something like that.
1: So why are people spending so much on NFTs?
0: I got two answers for that. I got a realistic answer, and then I have the NFT-friendly answer. The NFT-friendly answer is that it's scarce, it's rare, it's minted to the blockchain. There's only one of them minted versus multiple editions of it. Uh, once, once you get it, I'm not minting it again. So if you have it, it's yours. I'm not going to burn it. You know, it's, it's only yours for as long as it exists on the blockchain. The realistic answer is it's hype. And a lot of Ethereum users today were involved back when I first started, where I mentioned the price of Ethereum was only a couple hundred dollars. So a lot of these users have a lot of Ethereum to play with.
1: Craig says buyers in the NFT world can be compared to a community of Pokemon card collectors. The collector's value is owning the property rights to the work.
0: So, yeah, realistically, it's a ridiculous price point. You know, it's very expensive. I personally can't afford to pay that much for art. But in Ethereum world, in the NFT world, it's really cheap. It's one Ethereum is $1 to a lot of Ethereum collectors who got in early. One of the best things about NFTs is flexing on your purchase. So everyone wants to get whatever is a flex. So if they're buying some really cool animation from someone and they dropped a thousand dollars on it, they're going right to Twitter and showing it off. Like, check out what I just bought for a thousand dollars. And everyone else is like, wow, they just bought that for a thousand dollars. I want to buy that for two thousand dollars if it's available for it. Or I want to try to get it from them and just show like "Hi, you bought it. I just bought it from you. You know, and it's crazy. It's a lot of ego pushing, you know.
1: It's also about legacy, about being on the blockchain forever.
0: It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, people want to have that attached to their name. They want that price point attached to their ledger, their visual representation of their reputation on the blockchain. And uh, everyone believes that it's going to be, you know, solidified on the blockchain forever. So... Everyone's thinking like, oh, in 100 years, when people look back at the Ethereum blockchain, they'll see that I was not only one of the first NFT adapters, but I dropped bank on NFTs and I had a very exper- or expensive collection. So, yeah, it's um that's really what fuels a lot of the sales is that people are they're showing off what they've purchased and. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff comes with physical, tangible copies. So that's a good thing. But most of it is just digital files.
1: But some artists are jumping off the NFT bandwagon for the sake of the environment.
2: Dude, even if I use no energy for the entire rest of my life, it would like barely equal what I was about to use on this one NFT Uh draw. 138,272 kilowatt hours of energy and emitted 85,700. Numbers are also comparable to flying a plane and burning jet fuel for five weeks straight nonstop or using a computer for 334 years. Oh man, I was freaking out.
1: A transaction between an artist and buyer needs to be approved or authorised before being added to a block in the chain. Block miners across the network solve extremely complex computational maths problems to verify these transactions. This process is called proof of work.
3: These computers or servers need to validate that information and agree and make the consensus. And after that, you have the transaction. So that is why it's so secure. You need to validate across the whole or all the miners that you have in the system.
1: Proof-of-work uses up a lot of energy. Block miners are likely to add more blocks to the blockchain if they have more computational power, which is fueled by electricity. Currently, the mining of cryptocurrency Bitcoin on some days uses as much energy as the entire country of Poland and generates 37 million tonnes of carbon dioxide each year.
3: You are rewarded if you actually solve the mathematical puzzle. So how you can solve it faster or probably you can, how you can say like, OK, I'm going to solve it, I'm going to be rewarded. You just increase your computational power, put more resources... That represents more consumption. And yeah, so it probably is like, uh, yeah, I don't know, that is spiral. Like you want more and more and more, and that is going to result in uh, this big impact in the environment.
1: Ethereum has committed to upgrade to a more sustainable model, Ethereum 2.0. This model hopes to reduce emissions by a method of verification called proof of stake. Miners, in this case, are more likely to verify blocks if they have more money or Ethereum. Proof-of-stake relies on proof of how much stake users have.
3: You actually don't compete. So the miners or everyone that wants to solve this mathematical puzzle don't compete each other. So what happens is if you already have uh, some, I don't know, some ranking, a kind, of, a kind of ranking, so that is probably the best one in the ranking is gonna is, is who actually will be rewarded to, to validate the transaction. So in this case, you don't have to compete with each other and you already guarantee that you are going to be rewarded. So... Yeah, basically, you don't have to buy more resources and put more, uh, like, power in, in your resources to actually receive a kind of reward.
1: Many blockchains already use proof-of-stake, leading some to ask why digital art marketplaces don't just switch to those.
3: Yeah, if you want to, yeah, like, create the system, the whole system of the blockchain, you need many, like, users and the miners and also, like, the resources, the PCs or the servers. So create from that from scratch is, is very hard. And actually that is probably the best uh, feature of these blockchain systems is like the security or the cybersecurity. So if you don't switch or if actually you want to create something from scratch, it's going to be very hard. Instead, you have this Ethereum that actually is well-established and well-known and it has already all the miners there that are actually going to help to validate any transaction.
1: Jason says he has faith in blockchain technologies becoming more sustainable over time.
3: Probably they're going to do the switch, not because probably the environmental aspect, but because probably it's also they are going to be better for them, like in terms of probably rewards or the money. And and yeah, and actually they are are doing that transition, like Ethereum is trying to implement other mechanisms.
1: A lot of NFT artists are commenting on the NFT world itself in their art, bewildered by digital evolution and possibilities for the future. One of the first ever NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain, released in 2017, was a collection of pixelated alien portraits called CryptoPunks, art made about blockchain technologies. Just recently, NFT artist Lance King implanted a chip in his hand containing a private cryptographic code representing an artwork. He named it, this is my body of work. Craig says he likes to celebrate the crypto world with his artwork.
0: So when something like this happens, it's a whole new industry, a whole new system, new technology, new everything, new artists, new mediums, just everything about it is new. That's exciting to think about. Like when I first got into NFTs, I would almost dream about this because it's just like, wow, you know, everything about this has not existed before a few years ago. As an NFT artist, I want to make sure that the public kind of understands that through my art. There's just so much happening within the NFT world technically that you can talk about.
1: For Craig, the legacy is real.
0: That technology is pretty nuts to think about. You can create a virtual token that lives forever on a ledger. You know, even if the art itself can be tampered with, changed or moved, that that point of existence, the fact that you did it, is there. And it's in whatever wallet owns it. So if someone inherits your wallet in 100 years or if your grandkids inherit it, they can look back and be like, wow. Look at all this generation one NFT art talking about what NFTs are in a creative way, you know.
1: Think Digital Futures is made possible with the support of 2SCR Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Think Digital Futures is made in Sydney which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can subscribe to Think Digital Futures wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julia Karkatzel. Thanks for your company.